Hello and welcome everyone to episode 58 of the AppDB's podcast. I'm your host Chris Rogers and today we'll be talking about the Aptera news for the period between April 17th and April 23rd, 2022. In this week's episode, I'll be talking about an acquisition by Aptera and a video by Rich Rebuilds. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. The first story of the week is an announcement of an acquisition by Aptera of the company Andromeda Interfaces. This was an all equity deal, which just means that the shareholders of Andromeda Interfaces will receive Aptera stock as compensation instead of cash. Um, They're a UX UI design company and the announcement stated that This strategic decision enables the expedited integration of Andromeda's central infotainment display, CID solution, and UI UX functionality within Aptera production vehicles. The announcement went on to state that the benefits of this acquisition on Aptera's functionality are fundamental as Andromeda has developed the industry-disrupting energy tipster interface. Nearly all electric vehicles have standardized digital interfaces that that exclude data on how efficiency translates i think i'm supposed to say that includes data on how efficiency translates to the driving range this correlation is often still a mystery for many people without an engineering background so aptera's energy tipster interface is challenging this standard by utilizing isochrones by overlaying a polygon that will show areas that are accurately reachable based on the vehicle's instantaneous and potential energy capacity Aptera's HMI will emphasize how you can improve and increase your range while driving. Now, um, Andromeda is a San Diego company, and um, and I would say initially I was a bit surprised when I saw that it's like, oh, you know, they worked on Aptera's interface um, back in 2007 because you know my first question when I when I saw this was what does that mean for Crank Software, which I was pretty sure was the company that was working on Aptera's user interface. And I was able to find the answer fairly quickly because the March 2021 video where that Aptera uploaded about Crank Software's UI interface, it features Brian Gallagher, who is the president of Andromeda Interfaces. In fact, it, it, that's his title. The, the, the video is... is Crank software user interface or crank software for Aptera, but the but Brian Gallagher's title in the video is president of Andromeda Interfaces. So I you know I don't know why maybe I'm not the only one who's confused about this, but crank software and and Andromeda Interfaces those are are basically those are the same company. So in, in short, this deal is it's really just vertical integration of a previous subcontractor or a partner that Aptera was working with. And one that is very familiar with the company going back to 2007. So um, wrapping things up, congratulations to everyone on the deal. And I'm looking forward to learning more about the user interface of the vehicle. The next segment of the day and and what is the, the main one is about a video from the EV YouTube channel, Rich Rebuilds, which recently visited Aptera's offices and got to test drive the vehicle around a little bit. And and I guess uh, have a lot of fun in doing so. And for those who are unfamiliar with Rich Rebuilds, 
they're an independent auto shop that also that they basically they rebuild unique vehicles and they gain some initial fame from the repairs that they made to Tesla vehicles and and also that fame stems from several publicized battles with Tesla in their attempt to repair those those vehicles um, I believe at, at one point um, uh, Tesla retaliated against rich rebuilds by removing you know there was some work on I think they were denying their repaired vehicles access to superchargers and then they ultimately denied uh, rich rebuilds uh, referral so you get you get um, if you refer a certain number of vehicles, you get certain uh, benefits, and I think they removed rich rebuilds from the referral program. Um, and so there's a lot of overlap between people who like electric vehicles and also people who like Tesla. And so Rich is a bit of a controversial figure within the world of EVs, largely as a result of his vocal credit. Is he does not hold back? He's very vocal in his criticism of tesla's build quality and their right to repair which makes sense he's a he's a he's a, a vehicle repair shop and you know if if the company if someone this is something you see in other industries when uh, you know it, for example if you're familiar with the beef that any sort of home electronics repair shops have with apple then you're pretty you can pretty much it, translate that to how it applies to to rich with um with uh, tesla it, you know the, these people they're not necessarily anti-apple or or someone who works at at iFixit isn't necessarily anti-apple and rich you know he owns multiple tesla he's not necessarily he, he doesn't say he's anti he's not really anti-tesla um it's just that you know tesla affects his bottom line and he's not the type of person to you know to to sugarcoat it all um and Tesla also gives him a lot of content that he can poke fun of them for. Um, and you add that the, the last thing is he's got a bit of a, a sophomoric brand of, of humor. And that rubs people the wrong way. In any case, going back to the story, um, the video that Rich Rebuilds did with Aptera is it's a it's a pretty big deal for a few reasons. You know, for one, the, the channel has 1.5 million subscribers. So this is one of the, the the bigger social media types who have covered Aptera at all. Um, but maybe the bigger reason for why this this um, them doing a video is, is significant is because Aptera's right to repair policy is basically tailor-made for people like Rich. His entire channel is focused on modding vehicles. Um, that includes, you know, one time he modded a, a Tesla Model S by adding a V8 engine to it. And so people who are following Rich's channel are they're they're interested in unique vehicles and they're interested in tinkering with those vehicles. And so, you know, featuring Aptera is basically giving that company a megaphone to the exact type of consumer that would be interested in an Aptera vehicle. And I'll say this, you know, the data I think right now is is backing this up a little bit because in, in these six days since that video came out. It's already one of the most videos that he's done in the last um, three months. And, and that number is, is only going up. Um, I actually watched this video multiple times, um, you know, not because I'm, I'm already a subscriber or, or anything. You know, I don't watch a lot of Rich Rebuilds videos, but, it, you know, basically because it is an it is an extended close up look 
at both the Soul prototype and the Beta prototype with co-CEO Chris Anthony explaining in detail pretty much every design decision they made of the vehicle. There's there's nothing really that I, I've seen like this video that, that goes as in-depth um, as, as they do and, and responds to all sorts of questions and then provides new information. Not something I've seen recently. Um, for example, about five minutes in, you get one of the the best close-up shots that I've seen of the of the hub motors, perhaps uh, perhaps ever. I know initially um, they did Alafe did a webinar, and you could see some some their hub motors and testing and what they're doing. But within the vehicle, showing and that's not the only time they get really close in. Um, later on in, in the video, there's a a close-up shot. Of the rear wheel of the of the beta prototype, and you can you can see what it looks like in in detail, and you know overall there's just a there's a ton of new information and tidbits that are peppered throughout the video, so I'm gonna run through some of the new facts that that stood out to me, um, starting with Chris Anthony's statement um, that the 100 watt hours per mile target for efficiency that Aptera has been going for is about the equivalent of 300 miles per gallon equivalent. And that's the metric that's been used. I don't know if it's used outside of the U.S., but I know that it's used to, to rate the efficiency of, uh, of electric vehicles here in the U.S. And I'll say this. I knew, I knew I mean, obviously, I, I know that the Aptera is a very efficient vehicle, but I think it's a very nice way of thinking about what Aptera has managed to achieve when you think about it in terms of 300 miles per gallon. Um, and that comment was made as part of a, a broader discussion about why you, 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 why you can put solar on an Aptera and not on a Tesla. You know, side note, uh, Rich pointed out that his Tesla loses about seven to eight miles per day. And so for folks like me who aren't going with the full solar package, not, they're not going with the solar rear hatch, I, you know, I think when I'm thinking about what the ideal amount of range per day, you know, at 40 miles, that's not going to be realistic um, here in, in New York City, um, and then also not with the rear hatch. But I do think that it's a realistic target of basically nullifying the charge loss that you'd get from a lithium-ion battery. Um, one other point to add, and on the solar discussion that I think bears repeating. Um, Aptera's initial goal was to make the most efficient vehicle ever. That was their goal. Um, that's what they set out to do. And they did not set out with the goal of making a solar electric vehicle. And so, you know, the solar was really just a happy accident of that they decided to add on. And it's worth remembering that, you know, if someone thinks that, oh, you know, this solar is, is a gimmick, you know, whether or not it's, it's, it's a gimmick or just a, you know, quote unquote, flashy selling point, what's not a gimmick and really the secret sauce of the vehicle is the efficiency you know so basically the solar the promises related to solar could not work out at all but they they definitely have achieved the goal of making the most efficient vehicle the most form efficient form of transportation in the world and, and that will always be the case for this vehicle based off of just what they're doing the way they're measuring their their metrics and 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 everything that that they've designed the vehicle to be and so at this point in the video chris dropped a, a an interesting new milestone um, that they have crossed eighteen thousand pre-orders of the vehicle now this number was also used in the andromeda interfaces announcement um, but 
you know, I, I saw the I saw the the Rich Rebuilds video before they made the Andromeda Interfaces announcement, and it jumped out at me just casually mentioned that it's like, oh yeah, we we've passed eighteen thousand pre-orders. Um, back in February, Chris mentioned that they were at seventeen thousand pre-orders um, during a I'm pretty sure it was during a, a webinar, and so it looks like they're now at they're at a pace of around five hundred new pre-orders per month, um, and I'll say one of my favorite parts of the video and one of the, the many moments where you can see Rich just, you know, if he wasn't, I'm assuming he was interested in the company because he's, he clearly, he traveled across the country um, to, to visit and, and to do a, a video. And so clearly he was interested in the company, but you know, where you can see him really getting won over is when he, he tries to guess the price of the vehicle. And you'll have to keep in mind, Rich is a guy who has rebuilt Teslas from scratch. He has, he runs an auto shop. Um, he's intimately familiar with part cost and EV costs. And, you know, most of the video, he's just, he's, he's joking around constantly. Um, him and Steven is uh, his camera guy. But when asked about how much does this cost, he takes the time to consider how much that vehicle should be priced based on the competition and, and based off of his his understanding of, of how much EVs cost. And so when he guessed that it should be $35,000 for an Aptera, that's a that's a very highly educated guess. And it's significant because it, it overshoots the 250 mile range and the 400 mile range version, while it nails the 600 mile uh, version of the vehicle on, on its head. I, I will say this, I kind of wish if there's one gripe I had about the, the video, I kind of wish at that point maybe it got edited out if it was clarified that he was guessing the price of, you know, the minimum price for the vehicle and that when Chris Anthony said $25,900 that he's speaking about their 250 mile version because the title of the video itself is this is you know a vehicle with 1,000 miles of, of range, and so you know that version of the Aptera is a $50,000 car, and so he underguessed that you know that amount, and so if if he was guessing for you know I would be interested to know what number he would have thought for a vehicle that gets 1,000 miles of range, and if that's what he was he was talking about, but yeah I kind of wish that they had gone and you know maybe that would have been too much, um, but um, in in any case. I think it's significant that he correctly guessed the the cost for a vehicle that would have more range than anything is on the road. And I'm pretty sure the Tesla Roadster, the next-gen Roadster, is the only vehicle that's proposed that will have um, uh, 600 miles of, of range. Of course, you know, we're, we're five years and counting and we haven't even seen it. So who knows if, if that vehicle will still have that that amount of range when it, when it hits the, the market. Um, but yeah, it was, that was a, a real great point. Um, the, the next point where you can see, you know, Rich is just, he, he's shocked is when he sees the interior space of the vehicle. And I, I think it's so interesting because, you know, he can see it in person. It, it's not like, you know, for most people like myself, we're judging Aptera based off of photos. And I've heard, and it's been stated multiple times that, it is bigger in real life, you know, than than you can you can tell. There, there's more room. It's more comfortable than you're expecting. Everyone is thinking about this as a smart car, um, but you know, Rich was so surprised that you know he and his cameraman both got inside the vehicle to see if they could fit in the rear hatch version. And and yes, 
you, it turns out they could. And it's it's really it's in these moments where you can see that they start looking at the vehicle differently, and they start asking more and more probing questions. Um, and you know, the, it, yeah, this is part of the reason why I watched the vehicle multiple times. It's fun to see someone go from skeptic to supporter. Oh, you know, right before your your eyes. Um, for example, upon learning that the the vehicle can go 110 miles an hour. Uh, Rich states that he would be too scared to drive that vehicle due to the risk of a crosswind from a large semi or, or a big truck. And, you know, I won't say that he's necessarily looking for a gotcha moment when he asks that question. But I, I think it's just common when, when you, you, you keep hearing all these positives and you keep hearing all these good things about something that you, you in the back of your mind, you're just thinking, well, you know, there must be a catch. And so, you know, that you know, that's, he's looking for like, all right, well, what's the compromise to making this this ultra lightweight, ultra efficient vehicle? And he's like, all right, well, you know, it's really lightweight. It has a great power to weight ratio. It can go zero to 60 in three and a half seconds and 110 miles an hour. But you know what? You you, you go up next to a semi and you get um, and you're, you're toast. And, and and so when Chris then he explains that, well, you know, the aerodynamics of the vehicle mean that crosswinds don't really impact Aptera like cars with huge flat sides, um, you know, it's the, the efficiency of the vehicle, it applies to multiple directions. Um, you, you see it's like a, another like light bulb goes off in, in Rich's, Rich's head where he's just like, oh man, you know, this, is, this, ve- this vehicle is better than I can imagine even when I allow for the fact that it might be better than I can, I can imagine. And it, it also got me thinking about the way in which I initially questioned Aptera about their design decisions and when I should be questioning other automakers for, for their design decisions. Um, and so if you've ever been in a car, like I have, that's been buffeted by the wind of a passing vehicle, the question, you know, is, is this, is, you know, why did Honda or Toyota or Ford design their car in a way that wind is a danger to the vehicle? Um, you know, the question isn't why did Aptera make such a weird car? It's why are other people making cars I mean, it's it's not like wind doesn't exist in some place in the world. Like, why would you make your vehicle vulnerable? Um, it's handling vulnerable to to the wind around you. Um, you know, Aptera didn't have doesn't have a monopoly on fluid dynamics. They're not the only automaker that figured out that like, hey, you know, if we make this more efficient, it's you know it's going to be safer to drive on on the highway. And so you know, just really just really uh, nails in the point that. Other cars don't have to be this way. And um, speaking of the stability of the vehicle, uh, another new fact that was revealed uh, later in the video is that they have been unable to flip the Aptera in their track testing thus far. And so, you know, a common criticism thrown at three-wheeled vehicles is that they'll they'll roll over like a puppy. Um, but you know, the I, I'm guessing the wide stance of the the front two wheels combined with the the weight of the hub motors being in those in those two front wheels contributes to just a a very firmly planted vehicle um the the next fact that i learned um from this this interview was uh, was in a discussion about the window design um which you know that split window design it, it's been a, a bit controversial from aptera enthusiasts because you know quite frankly it doesn't necessarily look that great but also it you know it's it it reduces on the practical use of rolling down the window. But what I learned from Chris Anthony is, is that due to the way that the air flows around the, the vehicle, 
Um, the area on the, around the top of the door has a lot of air that is flowing over it. And so um, by making it so that the top of the door is more flush, that's what the split window design. You, you're, you're not able to open the window at the top. Um, apparently 3% of aerodynamic drag is saved on the vehicle. And so up until now, I've never, there's never been a number that has been thrown out and ascribed to why you're doing split windows versus, versus not. But you can understand why they didn't go with a full, full window. I mean, what, what Chris said was that, you know, it would be best if the door was completely flush, but they did want to have some window. And so basically the, the availability of, of a window is, is it's a, I mean, it's, I guess it's what everyone has already known it to be. It's, it's a compromise solution to allow someone to get something, buy something from a drive-through or hand something out of an Aptera um, window, but it's, you're not going to take that. I guess they would, they realize that it would be kind of silly to make the most efficient form of transportation. And then, you know, my question is, is it 3% from both doors or 3% from both, um, from, from each, you know, if you're losing 6% of aerodynamic drag just by opening the windows, you know, that, that kind of, that that kind of like makes it a, a pretty big asterisk for how aerodynamic the vehicle actually is. And so now around the 21 minute and 50 second mark, um, this is where Rich rebuilds. This is where, you know, Rich, he asks a question that would be music to the ears of every at-home uh, mechanic. Essentially, he asks about how do you repair an Aptera? And, and Chris's response revealed a ton of new facts for me about their right to repair strategy. First, there are apparently going to be QR codes around the vehicle so that you can scan those, those codes and then immediately watch a video to determine how to repair a particular part. Or if you'd like to take that, you know, take it to a mechanic and show them how they need to repair a particular part. And, you know, this, this will be in addition to the repair manuals that will be provided on, on explaining how you repair the vehicle. Um, yeah, additionally, the the infotainment system, the battery pack, the the and the solar panels are all being designed to be fully upgradable. Um, Chris jokes that you know at some point in the future when 10G technology is available, you'll be able to take out the infotainment system and upgrade it. Um, you know, in the past, I've stated that I'm not really savvy at home repair. And so, you know, the right to repair component, it's not really something that I've talked about much uh, on this podcast. However, I'm definitely the type of person who knows how to follow instructions in a video, you know, at least well enough on if, if I want to or, or need to upgrade uh, my PC. And if it's going to be that level of difficult to to replace the solar cells or the infotainment system on the vehicle, I think I can manage that. Um, you know, plus with the planned longevity of the vehicle, you know, I'm going to have my my Aptera for a long time. You know, that's part of the reason why you know I was I was willing to to reserve the vehicle when I did knowing not knowing when it would arrive, is that it's like well you know I'm not just uh, you know reserving a vehicle for for just at some point in, in a couple of years, I'm reserving a vehicle to have for, you know, for decades, ideally. Um, later in the video, um, Chris went into a more detailed explanation of what he means to build a vehicle in subsystems. 
Um, and so there are there are six main subsystems of the vehicle. That's the front suspension, the rear suspension, the body, the battery, the closure, and the interior. And those are all built as as sub assemblies that will then get put together all at once at the final assembly plant before being shipped off to the customer. And so you know, Chris mentioned this design of of sub assemblies or subsystems. Um, in the in the video with Aptera Owners Club, but I I had to be to be honest I I didn't fully understand what it was he meant until he he laid it out. Basically, there are going to be subcontractors that are going to be making each of those six separate parts, and then they're going to ship those to Aptera for the final assembly. And this speaks to the importance of them designing the you know Aptera's each of Aptera's subsystems in ways that are very straightforward. Because that will allow subcontractors to minimize their mistakes, um, and and also it will allow them to reduce their own manufacturing costs, because they're going to need to make these these vital components and then send those back to to Aptera, which will do final quality control. Um, and and this subsystem design is that's what they got from Sandy Monroe from Monroe and Associates. Who made this recommendation based off his review of, of other EV startups and as well as American automakers where he really got his background experience and now I think I can I understand more about that plan that Aptera has for micro factories getting built around across the United States and, and around the world you know those would be the final assembly factories um, and that's just for them to put together the main six subsystems of the vehicle which can then be built anywhere. Um, and so ultimately, Aptera could decide to, you know, they might decide that they want to manufacture more in-house and, and maybe not allow subcontractors to take control of, of, of all six subsystems. But, you know, and that's maybe a, a long-term decision um, if they want to be more vertically integrated or, or not. But it also might be easier if they just ask these subcontractors to, 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 um, you know, say the, the subcontractor that's making the closure subsystem to make more doors and rear hatches to send to their Carlsbad facility and to their final manufacturing plant that's somewhere else in the world. And that would allow Aptera to continue to avoid these capital intensive operations of other EV startups. Um, another interesting fact in the podcast was something that I'm pretty sure I initially heard from Aptera's CTO, Nathan Armstrong, but the the flow of air over Aptera reduces the amount of bug splatter. You know, they so they what happens is that the bugs will get caught in what's known as the laminar flow that that I guess is is built up by I guess the aerodynamic nature of the vehicle and they'll just swoop over um, the vehicle. I, you know, what I'm thinking with Nathan Armstrong that I heard is I think that there was something that was stated um, similar about uh, precipitation that there will, yeah, the, the vehicle is going to have wiper blades, but I think it was speculated that, you know, the Aptera's need for, for, you know, for turning on its wiper blades when it's raining is, is not going to be, it might be a little bit reduced because of the, the way that there's going to be almost a layer of protective air that that will swoop up smaller droplets and 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 they'll they'll kind of like they'll they'll go over and and flow off the, the vehicle and i guess that's something similar that will happen with the bugs is, is the bugs that you know they might go to the splat in the vehicle but they'll get swooped over it um um you know it's, it's just 
you know, it's it's a it's a small scale example of one of the key safety features of the car, which is that in the curve design means that things that are attempting to hit the vehicle, it's always going to be a, a glancing blow, or it'll mostly be a glancing blow. And it's just one of the many small examples how the focus on efficiency just creates so many just unanticipated knock-on benefits. Um, the last new thing that I learned from the vehicle came near the end um, when they were they were doing the test drive. Um, and the way that you will open the Aptera is via a button on the side view. Um, well, it's, it's a side view camera um, is the way that it's demonstrated, but I guess it'd be the side view mirror in the final version, and that will pop open the door. There will also be a manual backup in case there's some issue with the electronics. And I'll say this, I've noticed that you never really see how the doors open. It, it's just, I, I've, I keep trying to look and it's just like, oh, you know, a door is just going open and I can't see what it is that they're, they're doing they, and they haven't spoken about it much. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, this is something that the newer models have is this button underneath the side view camera slash mirror section. Now, overall, this is, this is definitely one of my favorite video features on Aptera. I, I just feel like I, I learned so much new information as well as I, I gained perspective on things that, that I've heard about and I, I knew about for, for a while. Um, you know, you know, like for example, you know, they even, they did donuts in the parking lot at the end of the vehicle, or excuse me, at the end of the video, just to add to the list of things that I've never seen before. Um, you know, the, the tone of the video, it's a bit too jokey at times. You know, maybe I'm just a, a, a grumpy person who needs to loosen up. But overall, I, I highly recommend anyone who's really who's interested in Aptera to check this out because there's just there's just so much interesting information in there. And that concludes episode 58 of the Apt EVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. Additionally, I include my referral link so that you can get $30 off your $100 refundable deposit on an Aptera. Feel free to use that and to send it to all of your friends. The Apt EVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, etc., etc. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter at apt underscore EVs podcast. You can also send audio messages through the, the podcasting website. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. 